0: i uh, hope you guys can hear me okay uh what's going on what's going on how are you guys doing today my name is dr boyce watkins um from your black world in the black business school and uh i just want to say hello to everybody and um i also want to uh dig into some stuff this morning that i that i think would be uh worth kind of looking at and thinking about uh as we as black people try to figure out how we're going to move forward as a community um in case you uh, are curious um about whether I'm a Democrat or Republican and who I got in the election and all that. Uh, truth is, deep down, I really don't give a fuck. I, I don't I don't care that much um, because uh, I've seen elections before. I've, I've seen, you know, black people show up to the polls uh, in every election. And um, to be honest with you, uh, nothing, nothing really changes. Um, nothing uh, builds in our community. Um, you know, I, th- I think that uh, we uh, I think that the elections are a little bit like um, church, You know, I think a lot of our elections are like church where we worship the white man. uh, He's our God. And uh, because we're voting for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, and deciding which white man is going to be, um, you know, our next Lord and Savior uh, or who, you know, who's going to be our next pimp. uh, We tend to get caught up in that. We tend to have a lot of emotionality attached to that. Uh, We tend to have a lot of uh, false beliefs attached to that. And in uh, and the, the ugly reality, the sad reality is that um, I'm not dumb enough to uh, believe racism. I, I don't I don't I don't believe I don't you know, I, I, I just don't feel like I have much of a horse in that game. Uh, but then again, hey, you know, uh, there are people that uh, that get mad at me for saying that. And, um, and, you know, and I just have to politely tell those individuals I just don't give a fuck. So anyway, um, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. And um, also, um, uh, you can get a free e-copy of my book uh, by visiting uh, allblackeconomics.com. That's allblackeconomics.com. It's totally free. And uh, the book's called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. And in this book, uh, I lay out a very simple blueprint for uh, Black power, a blueprint for how we as Black people can you know, can actually accomplish something and not just get the illusion of achievement or the illusion of inclusion. Uh, They're not including your black ass in nothing. Uh, They don't they don't they've never liked you. They're not going to like you. Uh, Even the ones who pretend to like you don't like you. And I'm going to prove to you why they don't like you in one moment here. Uh, Give me one second. My Instagram also is uh, the real boys walking. So feel free to call me on Instagram. So let me just kind of break this down uh, right quick. Um, there, you know, there's uh, this constant uh, Negroidian debate that that tends to occur. Um, And I just I find it utterly fascinating. And uh, it was on my spirit this morning. Uh, We just finished the All Black National Convention, which is really awesome because we had Nothing but black people leading conversations about black people. Uh, There was no corporate sponsorship uh, where corporations telling you what to say. Uh, There was no uh, political party sponsorship. No, no little Democratic ally or Republican trying to talk you out of whatever you believe. None of that. None of that. It was all black people, black experts that were literally discussing black problems. I mean, you should have been there if you weren't there. It was beautiful. Uh, if you want to see the recording, um the panels are really awesome. Uh you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. And um I really enjoyed it because um I don't know about y'all. I don't know. Give me a yes or no if you agree with any of this. Uh, but I'm I'm just kind of tired of white people telling us what to think. I, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, tell me if you agree. I'm just sick of it. I'm I'm tired of them uh trying to like get us, you know, all scared up and and ready to show up, souls to the polls, stroll to the polls, get your booty to the poles. Um, I'm not in that crowd. I'm not. I'm not dissing people who um, who think that way. I, I see a lot of my friends who really are are really caught up in the election, and um, and I, I think that maybe maybe they're in the, they're caught up in it. Maybe for the same reason that you know people might get caught up in wearing makeup, or maybe uh, the way that you might get caught up in uh, in their favorite football team. Um, you know, or maybe the way they get caught up in, you know, in, in I don't know, in, in cheering for uh, the L.A. Lakers or something. But, uh, you know, I, I tend to be solution oriented. You know, I'm a mathematician. And one thing that mathematicians do is uh, we solve problems, you know, and um, I don't see problems being solved. You know, I, I, I look I look at things that are productive and I separate productive things from unproductive things. Um, I, I have this bad habit of really wanting like authentic results in order for me to believe in something. I just don't, maybe that makes me a bad black person. Maybe as a black man, maybe I'm supposed to be stupid and just kind of follow along with the crowd or fit in and try to be cool. Uh, but I'm just not good at that. I never I never fit in. I didn't even fit in in high school. I didn't have that many friends in high school because I would just be like, that's stupid. Like, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all going over there? You know, why? why wait, wait, why are you drinking liquor? Like, that's that's nasty. And it's going to make you drunk and you're going to turn to an alcoholic like your fucking shitty ass daddy. Like, why would you do that? You know? So uh, anyway, um, I, I will just say that, you know, that, that I've always just been that guy. I've always been the guy who would sit there and throw uh, rain on. The people's parade, you know, and uh, and Mr. Ernest, I'm gonna show you a comment. He says, uh, "We're not damn children. Enough of insulting our intelligence." Uh, I'm not insulting your intelligence as long as you don't um, impose on the rights of black people, right? So, um, so uh, here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, if you feel that your intelligence is insulted, then you know, then that's more actually on you than on me, because uh, because I, when you say something, when, like like this morning, you know, I had people say, "You're so stupid. What you said was stupid." That wasn't an insult to my intelligence because I know I'm an intelligent person. So it's like if you tell Beyonce she's a fat, ugly pig, she knows she's not a fat, ugly pig. Right. So at the end of the day, if you're not intelligent, I can't help you with that. But if you feel that somehow um, I've insulted your intelligence and I encourage you to get some more confidence, because when people don't agree with you, the first thing that a lot of people will try to do is actually shame you. And so here's what I want to do. One thing I will say for sure is I am not here to shame anybody. Doing what they're going to do with the polls, I am definitely not here to shame you. Oh, he says I'm talking about the Democrats, not you. Oh, well, let me just clarify for Mr. Ernest. I, I, I thought Mr. Ernest was a hater, but you know, but it's okay to be a hater. Like it's it's all right. Um, that's how you know you're making a difference is when you have haters. But let me let me clear up Mr. Ernest's good reputation. So uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So it sounds like we we're in more agreement. That's okay. And it would have been okay if you disagree with me. So uh, either way, either way, all that's cool. So um, let's let's let me kind of break some stuff down for you, because I think a lot of us don't understand uh, the power of mind control propaganda. Uh, let me explain this. Uh, and the reason I feel strongly about this is because the woman that I'm marrying actually is a full professor of social work. Full professor is like the king or the queen of professors. Like it's like you, you have assistant professors, you have tenure professors. And then you have full professors, and actually, even below that, you have like adjuncts. Don't ever become an adjunct professor; that's a terrible job. You won't make any money. That's why when they when you read these articles about professors that are on PhDs that are on welfare, a lot of it, a lot of it's because these are adjunct professors who spent a lot of years getting a degree in a field that doesn't pay any money, and they never learned how to start a business or learned how to invest. So unfortunately, they put themselves in a terrible situation inadvertently. Not that it's their fault, uh, because a lot of our families don't teach about wealth when the kids are growing up. But they put themselves in these crazy, in this crazy, horrible situation, where uh, you've got a PhD in English literature, and you spent, you know, the last eight years studying your butt off. And but the problem is that there's not a big economic demand. There's not a big demand for English literature professors. So you find yourself taking adjunct positions. Making literally less money than somebody who works at Walmart. So, uh, so no, don't ever become an adjunct professor. Uh, that's just a little, little, little bit, a little bit, a little bit of free game for anybody that wants to. You want some career advice? Don't do that. Uh, or if you do it, make sure you got a, another way that's going to actually help you make money. Um, so anyway, let me keep going. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please do that right now. Um, so let me just kind of lay something out for you. I'm going to read a quote from Malcolm X uh, about white liberals. Uh, And and this is why if people want to know why I seem obsessed with what's going on in the election, it's just because that's what I am. I'm I'm a person that becomes obsessed with things that I think are important. And uh, in this particular case, I think the election is important because the election is happening and everyone's talking about it and lots of black people are being distracted by it. If you ever want to know why problems don't get solved in the black community, it's because uh, we let white people dictate our conversations. We let white people dictate our thinking. We let white people control what we focus on in terms of what we're putting our energy into. Uh, it's false hope. It's uh, this false belief that somehow who I vote for is really going to make a big difference. And unfortunately, it just it doesn't make a difference. Um, at least not in the lives of Black people. But this is under the assumption that you care about Black people first. You know, like like there's there's you know two types of Black people. There's Black people who uh, put Black people first. And then there's black people who put black people maybe eighth or ninth on the list. uh, Right. There's black people who uh, believe in solutions, um, you know, and then black people who don't care about solutions. Black people who care about feeling good. Black people who just kind of want to keep doing what they're doing. keep, Keep going with the status quo. Right. There's black people who believe in truth. Uh, no matter what that truth says who who want honesty, and then there's black people who are okay with propaganda, like just you know dope me up like heroin, you know like like propaganda is heroin, right It's like put the dope in my arm, and then I'll feel like my problems went away. The problems didn't actually go away, but we feel like they went away, right? We really believe they went away uh because uh somebody just told us that they went away, and they they're still there so um so I'm really talking to black people that are in the category of wanting truth. Uh, the, the black people in the category of putting black people first and black people who are in the category of wanting solutions. So if you are in that category, if you want solutions, if you like truth, if you put black people first, put hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 is the calling card of black people who want to actually solve problems and make black people better and stronger and want to help our community thrive. Not just one, of, one or two black people thriving, right? we got plenty of Negroes out here. They have nice jobs. Um, that's not That's not pushing the community forward. That's White, white supremacy has decided to award you that one in a thousand butter biscuits, right? That, they, they've rewarded you with the fancy job and the corner office. They've rewarded you with the nice car and the nice house in, in the white neighborhood. But uh, the masses, have been disconnected and left behind, and then the way we're taught to reconcile that in our guilty conscience, you know, because a lot of us get that survivors' guilt. Us educated Negroes that have letters behind our name, but a, a ton of student loans to match. Uh, we 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 alleviate our guilt by saying, you know, what I. I I um, volunteer every Saturday at the local boys club or or after church, I teach the youth program at my church. Right. And we and we really feel like that's like making the big difference. And it's not to say that it doesn't. It does matter. But that's not the same as actually putting putting your foot in the, in, into the, into the solution, I mean, like really, really digging into it as much as you dig into those uh, financial reports that your white boss told you to get to him by Tuesday, right? Or when your white boss tells you that we got a legal case to work on and we got to get this done by Friday at four o'clock, we're on it, right? Full-time, we, we abandon the kids, we abandon our the rest of our lives, we will we, we'll, we'll work ourselves into the ground so we can make sure we fulfill our obligation to the person we work for. Uh, so, Um anyway, so here's here's, here's what's going on. Here's one of the things that's really fascinating. There is a lot of voter suppression that occurs um, in the black community, a ton of voter suppression. And a lot of this voter suppression, we put this um, at the feet of the Republicans. We put this at the feet of those uh, who we're trained to hate. Like right? we we we're trained to you know believe the Republicans are the most racist people in the world, and that they have a monopoly on racism, and that white supremacy only exists on the right side of the aisle. And uh, but here's the thing about voter suppression. I see a lot of voter suppression occurring on the left. Uh, a lot of the voter suppression that you see on the left is when uh, is like what happened with Ice Cube. Uh, if I assume you followed ice cube, give me a yes in the chat. If you followed the story with ice cube, um, I was, I was connected with that ice cube called me several times while he was trying to work on this whole process. And we talked for a very long time. He also, I also got him to Dr. Claude Anderson. He talked to Dr. Claude Anderson and really got introduced to Poweronomics, which helped him to construct his contract with black America. So give me a yes in the chat. If you followed along with ice cube. So here's the deal with the ice cube thing. When ice cube goes and says, I want to get a better deal for black people. Uh, black people, pretty much those who don't understand politics or those who are into the slavery thing, put a, put a, a terrible amount of pressure on him. They pretty much said, yeah, you can get a better deal, but you can only talk to the Democrats, right? Yeah, you know, sure. We, we'd like a better deal. We'd like some more butter biscuits, but you better not talk to anybody, but master Biden, if you don't, if you talk to anybody except Master Biden, then we're gonna kick your ass. We're gonna call you a Trump supporter. We're gonna mislabel you. We're gonna say that you even talking to Trump is uh, is you supporting him, right? And uh, and and that's like a, a woman saying, you know, like I want to find the best man. I want to find the best relationship. So I'm a date. I'm gonna go on a few dates with a few different guys. And it's like somebody saying, no, you can find a good relationship, but you can only go out with him. You can only date him. You can only sleep with him. And, and but she said like but but I'm looking for a good man. I'm trying to weigh my options. I want to see what's out there. No, no, no. you can weigh your options as long as you know you only have one option. Right? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you follow give me a yes if you're following what I'm saying. If you don't follow what I'm saying, you probably need to get the fuck out. This is not this conversation is above your pay grade. You're not going to get it. You're going to get frustrated. I saw somebody write, somebody wrote in the chat they wrote I'm out and I was like that's so good. I love it when people just leave because this is not for everybody. This is not Uh, this is not a a, a kumbaya conversation to to bring all Black people together. This is really to help those who really want to think, to get more arguments you can use when you're talking to the Negro naysayers, you know, the Negro naysayers who find a problem with every solution, the ones who believe Black people can't accomplish anything without white people's help, those who uh, believe in keeping us in the exact same place as if they think that sitting still is the same as moving forward, right? So, So when you tell somebody like, okay, weigh your options, but just remember you've only got one option, well, you know, that that you're pretty much basically saying in so many words that I endorse slavery, that I really like the idea of black people being trapped. I want you to stay in the trap. I did a whole conversation when I was talking about Young Jeezy and T.I., uh, two great rappers that are doing a that's coming up. And I said, you know, that made me wake That woke me up. Had me thinking about the trap and traponomics. And I said, you know, the funny thing about the trap is uh, we can also we can talk about the fact that in hip hop, white people pay black men lots of money to glorify the trap right? As if that's where black people are supposed to live. So we romanticize the trap. We think the trap is a wonderful thing, but then we also have to realize a lot of educated black people are in the trap. Uh, A lot of black people choose to try to keep other black people in the trap, right? So like, for example, the family member who will cheer for you when you get a new job, anybody got relatives like that, they'll cheer for you. When you get a new job, give you a thousand, you'll get a thousand likes. If you say I got the job, right? But if you say I started a business. You get like maybe five or six likes. Uh, your family members start warning you. Yeah, that's a good idea. But, you know, they got they really hiring at the post office. They pay $30 an hour down to the post office. Right. Right. Those are people that want to keep you in the trap. And the reason they want to keep you in the trap is because misery loves company. You know, a lot of black people are in the trap. A lot of educated black people are in the trap. You know, if you got if you if you got one hundred thousand in student loans and you are making forty thousand a year, then guess what? You're in the trap. I know you got a master's degree and I know you feel good because you got letters behind your name and shit, but you still, you still in the motherfucking trap. You're just in a fancy trap. You're just in the, in the roach motel with, with leather couches and, and nice furniture. That's what, that's what you, you're, you're still in the trap. You just think that you got out the trap because the white man told you you out the trap. Why is that? Well, because we get a lot of our cues, our, our, our thought cues. Uh, we get a lot of our talking points from white people. And they tell you, oh, you, Negro, you're out of the trap now." Here's a piece of paper that that you spent a hundred thousand dollars on, and them letters behind your name. We've given you letters because you Negroes aren't worth a thing without our validation. So here's some validation for you because we like you. We're, we're liberals. We love you. So here's some letters and a piece of paper, uh, and you're still going to make is less money than the guy down the street who learned how to do HVAC or learned how to do plumbing or learned how to start a business. You know, as an electrician, you're gonna make less money than him. But by golly, you're better than him because we validated you. Right. But you're still in the trap. And and I I, I had to learn that the hard way. I got a Ph.D. and I said, man, I'm still in the trap. What is going on here? You know, so the trap is not just something that's designated for low class or poor black people. The trap is for everybody. Like if you're looking for a trap, they got traps of all shapes and sizes. White supremacy is a system. Don't forget that. If you read Poweronomics, Dr. Claude Anson talks about how racism and white supremacy are a system, a system that's built on multiple, multiple, multiple traps. And if you ever want to know why I have this crazy obsession with with being so irritated with Joe Biden, it's because Joe Biden was a smart son of a bitch. Joe Biden was a guy, not a good guy. He was a smart guy. Joe Biden, uh, when he worked with all his Dixiecrat buddies and all his racist friends that he had, I mean, he has some real racist friends. Strom Thurmond, one of the most notorious racists in all the history of Congress, like was Joe Biden's homeboy. Like that was his buddy. Like that was that his relationship with Strom Thurmond was like my relationship with Minister Louis Farrakhan. He looked up the Strom Thurmond the way I look up to Farrakhan. and Y'all know I love me some Farrakhan. You can't talk me out of that. I love that guy. Uh, you know, and and, uh, and and so so, you know, so Joe Biden built the ultimate mouse mousetrap back in the 1990s. Him and Bill Clinton said, you know what? We got to do something with the Negro problem. We got to do something with these kids in the hood, uh, some of whom are doing bad things. So they branded and labeled you. They did something that a lot of liberals still do to this day. They still do this to you, this to this day. They, they branded and labeled them as predators or super predators, depending on which one you talk to. Hillary said super predators. Uh, Joe Biden just said, I think he just said the word predators. Either way, though, Joe Biden was a very loud, very aggressive white supremacist. He was very aggressive in saying, you know, uh, we, there's 100,000 of them. He, he specifically talked about industrial strength extermination, like almost like Adolf Hitler kind of level. And he said, there's 100,000 of them and we got to remove them from society. Now, what does that mean? Remove them from society? He didn't say we're going to kill them, although tens of thousands of them did die. Like tens of thousands of them did die. So, so when you talk about me, for, for example, for not being as sensitive as you want me to be about, say, corona deaths, which, which I'm, if you've lost somebody, my heart goes out to you. you know, I've lost people too. But uh, if you get on me for not being as sensitive about that, my response to you would be, well, why aren't you sensitive about the tens of thousands of people that died in Joe Biden's mass incarceration trap when he built that gigantic mousetrap called the prison industrial complex? In case, you, in case you've never been to prison or don't know anybody who's been to prison, let me just tell you a little bit about prison. I had an uncle who was like an older brother to me who I love very, very much. And uh, I grew up, he was my favorite person on the planet. He was my number one role model. When I was a little kid, I used to follow him around as a three year old. I used in as a four year old, a five year old, a 10 year old, a 12 year old, a 15 year old. He was my superhero. Well, my my superhero, they took him to they took him to the trap. When he was about 17 years old, he went to uh, prison and they didn't put him in uh, juvenile prison, even though he was 17. They put him because he beat up a white boy. He got into a thing with a white boy. He ran him over with his bike and beat his ass. And uh, because he beat up the white boy, they locked him up and they sent him to grown man prison. And uh, and so when he was in the Joe Biden, Bill Clinton trap, uh, he was uh, beaten. He was he was young. He was young and he wasn't as strong of a guy. He got he was beaten. He was probably raped uh, multiple times. And when he came back, he was so mentally ill from his experience that he was never the same again. So my greatest hero, the man I love the most, the person I love more than anybody on this earth got caught in that trap. And next thing you know, he ended up. Um, he ended up dying. Uh, he died a few years later, right in my hometown of Louisville, just a few blocks from where Breonna Taylor was murdered. And uh, he he just you know he got hit by a car on the street, and he was homeless at the time, and and uh, he was in a wheelchair for three years, and he had brain damage, and he ended up uh, dying from an infection in the nursing home as a black man with no health insurance. Now, why do I tell that story? Um, I tell this story because because every time you tell me to be more sensitive about. You know, like because the Democrats told you to be all to get scared of, of the virus. Um, I say, well, you know, I've been talking about black death every single week for the last 10 years, but you never gave a fuck. I've been telling you every single week about, you know, I say, you know what? Eight dozen people got shot in Chicago last week and you never gave a fuck. Um, I when you know, when we had the debate about Lizzo and uh, white corporations mass marketing obesity to the black community so that black people could die as soon as possible. Uh, you You never gave a fuck. You never cared. But suddenly you care. Suddenly um, suddenly it's like, oh, oh, you it's its so terrible. This this virus is killing so many of us. And I'm like, yeah, it is bad. It is bad. But uh, have you been to Atlanta? Have you seen how many little black boys in Atlanta have HIV? Like, have you ever any, – anybody familiar with Atlanta culture? Atlanta is a trip. Atlanta is an interesting place. Good people in Atlanta. <clears throat> I love Atlanta. Got a lot of good people in Atlanta. But you got a lot of situations where you got so much HIV where, you know, that – like it's like a normal thing. It's like having a common cold for for some pockets of the community. So if you really want to find reasons to be sad about Black people dying, like there's a thousand of those things out there, right? So so I think that this hypersensitivity to the virus, uh, the reason you're hypersensitive to it, if you feel that way, is because white people told you to be. That it's because they're talking about it. If they started talking about something else, if they all suddenly decided to turn on Joe Biden and talk about. How many tens of thousands of black people were killed in prison? So then you'd be hypersensitive to that. When they start talking about police shootings, <clears throat> even though there's I think I think less than maybe less than 50 unarmed black men per year, they get killed by the police, less than 50 unarmed black men murdered by the cops. That's a bad thing. But that's not 100000 people. Joe Biden was taking out 100000 people at the time. Right. So they say ignore the 100000 and we want you to pay attention to the 50. Ignore the 100,000, pay attention to the 50. Or when it comes to black deaths, if somebody says, well, you know, so many hundreds of thousands of black people died from diabetes and heart disease and strokes from your mass marketing of Popeye's chicken or whatever, or mass marketing Lizzo, you know, that, that the big lady Lizzo is, is like body positivity. Um, <clears throat> they'll say, no, well, well, no, don't pay attention to that. Let's pay attention to the people who died from, from the virus. You know, uh, 5,000 or let's say it's uh, out of 200,000 people, let's say it's, let's say the number of black people is, let's say 30,000 right? Um, 40, about 40% that live in nursing homes. These are just statistics for those who like actual numbers and facts. Um, but, uh, but, but so what they're saying is we're going to ignore the quarter million and we want you to pay attention to the 30,000 because that benefits us politically. That benefits us politically. So what you really have, um, and some of the experts at the All Black National Convention broke this down, is that is you have this interesting um, triggering, re-triggering of Black people. They say black people are easily triggered. Black people are very emotional. Black people scare easily. So because they scare easily, they're easily tr- triggered. And because they follow the crowd, we're going to go ahead and find something to poke at with them. We're going to take one shooting and we're going to mass market this one shooting and make every black person think that if they walk out their door, they might get shot today. Like and if we do that, then we can then step in as the hero. We can say, look, forget about the fact that we've murdered tens of thousands of black people with our mass incarceration camps, um, you know, our concentration camps. Uh, forget about that. But we're going to protect you from the police shooting. This, this one guy, this one guy got shot and, and we're going to protect y'all. We're going to protect you. Right. And a lot of black people are like, okay, okay, master. Okay. Oh, 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 all right. All right. Yes, Lord. Let's Lord it be. We, we need some protection. Master we don't know how to protect ourselves. We ain't even gotten, got no men in our community. So Kamala Harris comes along with her white husband and her white boyfriend, Joe Biden. And she steps up and says, dun, dun, we're going to protect you. We are here to keep you safe. Right. And, uh, and if you watch their ads, if you listen to their ads very carefully, their ads are built on their very idea. Go watch it. Go watch a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris ad. This is, again, for people who like facts and information. Watch their ads that they make for black people. The, the the ads are very specific. The ads are you're scared. You ain't shit. You can't do nothing on your own. You ain't even got no men. You ain't got no real men in your community uh, to protect you. We'll save you. We'll protect you because we know that you are a fatherless community, a feminine community, and you scare easily. So we're going to scare the shit out of you so that we can uh, protect you. We will create the problem so that we can then present ourselves as the solution, right? It doesn't matter that, you know, we spent our whole career locking black people up Again, this is not me being a hater. This is just facts. I mean, again, you can get mad at facts, but don't get mad at me. Get get mad at the facts. <laughs> I get mad at the information. Don't get mad at me. But people are gonna get mad at me. That's okay. You know, black we that's one of the sign of a traumatized people. We kill the messenger. So I get that. I understand that. I understand Negroology very well. Um, but but here's the deal. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, I think that there there is a, a reason to kind of take a second to process this the, the just the ridiculous logic and this explains exactly why black people haven't benefited from any of the, we we you know we vote, voting is not new we've not, it's not like we just started voting in this election we voted we voted our asses off we vote we vote as hard as white people do um and uh and if you want to understand why you haven't made progress why your community still goes backward even though you vote like you vote more than anybody um it's because you, you we we get trained to use bad logic uh, we get trained to use what you might call Negroidian logic, which, which is specifically designed for Black people as a result of white supremacy. Um, Negroidian logic, unfortunately, teaches us to believe that Joe Biden, the same guy who spent most of his career, uh, most of his career trying to lock up Black people, again, you go back his 47 years, if you ever want to trip up somebody who's caught up in this election stuff, so just ask him, say, name me like five things that Joe Biden did that was really, really helpful to Black people. Now give me five times, just give me five speeches where he talked about the black community. I mean, before he started trying to get votes, right? Let's go back before, let's say before 2008, when he when when he saw Obama could be an asset to his career, right? Um, give me like five times where he really ruled for black people, where he went hard to represent, them. they can't name anything. And so what they're going to do is they're going to get mad and they're going to say, you must be a Trump supporter, which we're going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to talk about that specific accusation, because I think that that is also a telling part of liberal propaganda. Right. Uh, so so Negrodian logic says, even though this guy was arguably one of the greatest, um, uh, most impactful uh, politicians ever in history, when it comes to locking black people up, we believe he's the one that's going to keep black people from being locked up. Right. Or because, you know, even though Kamala Harris has this long, ugly track record where there's lots and lots of these black men who are saying, that she kept us in prison longer than our sentence, so that we could get free labor to the California system, or you know, or that you know, that even though there's there's like this long history that's there of her really prosecuting people, and you know, I'm the top cop of California, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, we really think that this part, these people are going to really ride for us on criminal justice. I, I can't understand that logic, but I do understand it. If you if you understand the, the Negroidian, uh mindset, then you understand it. If you understand Uh, the fallacy of American politics. You understand it, right? The fallacy of American politics is they give you two really bad choices and make you pick one. And then you really think that you have choice. So it's like the illusion of choice, but it's not real choice. It doesn't really actually give you real choice. It just kind of makes you feel like you have a choice. And they're like, as long as they feel like they have choices, then they're not going to give us any problems, but you don't have any real choice. Let's just keep that clear. All right. So do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up button. And if you know anybody that needs to hear this or that likes truth, in um, facts and information uh, feel free to share this link if you could take a second please share this link. all right so um, so with black voter suppression, one of the areas where black voter suppression takes place on a regular basis is when you have black people that are so caught up in their love of the liberals, love of the Democrats that their their first accusation toward anybody who challenges the Democrats or speaks up against the Democrats, is, you know, you must be a Trump supporter. And a lady said that to me. And, and I usually hear it about two or three times on my Instagram page. And I think that's really an interesting statement because um, because it, it almost says you're a Trump supporter like that's a bad word. Like ha-ha, I got you, I got you, nigga. Yeah, yeah. You're exercising your right to freedom of expression, nigga. And we know that Negros can't be free. You can't be free, nigga. We I found out that you're doing something that, that, that the white folks don't approve of. Master Biden don't approve of that. So I caught you. I called him Master Biden. He's stealing, he's stealing uh he's stealing some extra cotton and pig's feet from the barn, Master. Uh it's like it's like so interesting that people talk about being a Trump supporter. Like that's a bad thing. Um, I know a lot of black people who support Trump and, uh, and actually some of these black people are more committed to the black community than 99, 90% of the liberals. I know. Um, I I do. I just, I know black people who, who support Trump because they have certain core beliefs, maybe on abortion. Like they looked at the data on abortion and saw how many black babies get killed from abortion every year. And they said, I can't, I don't like that. I don't like black babies dying. So I'm going to go and not support the death of black babies. Right. Or maybe they don't want their children, you know, being told that you can choose that your your son can choose to become a daughter at the age of seven. Maybe they're like, you know, that's a little too much. You call that freedom and pride. I call that a uh, borderline molestation. Like that's, that's some debaucherous shit. Like I, I want my seven year old to be like, to like you know, really be thinking about sex at that level in the second grade. Like there's a lot of black folks that are like, are you kidding me? Like, no, that, that don't sit well with my spirit. Um, you know, there's a lot of black folks who, who sit back and say, you know, gosh, man, maybe, maybe supporting this one party isn't helping us. Like like, I, I, maybe we want to support something different to try something different. So, so this idea of calling a black person, a Trump supporter, like that's a bad word. Um, I think that when you see that, because they're going to keep on doing it as long as they know it works, because, again, the formula is black people are are easily triggered. So I'm going to trigger you by falsely accusing you of something that is seen as taboo, because we know that um, the majority of black people follow the crowd and you're not following the crowd. So I'm going to condemn you for not following the crowd. Well, I'm the first one to say that if you happen to be a Trump guy or a Trump woman, I, I, I don't condemn you for that at all. I, I just don't. You know, I, I, you have to be careful because I don't want anybody thinking I'm endorsing any particular political party. Um, you know, I've had I've had some black Republicans that wanted to come on my platform and stuff like that. And I did have one um, at the convention, a guy named T. Kalik. And I had T. on, uh, not because he supports Trump. I didn't even know he was a Trump supporter at the time. But T. really cares about black people. I see T. talking more about black people than he spends talking about Donald Trump. And uh, and I and that's why I said, you know what? I liked it. So we had uh, we had a Biden supporter, a Tom Thomas, who's a former NBA player, very smart guy. We had him on there. Uh, and then we had T who's a who's a Trump guy. And uh, kind of as expected, though, these two kind of went back and forth, you know, um, and I, I did. I don't know how much I like that, because I think if you really care about black people, the conversation eventually has to come back to your people. Right. The b- blackness must lead the conversation. It can't be. I'm a Trump guy. And then I'm going to use blackness to explain why I'm a Trump guy or I'm a Biden guy. And I'm going to use blackness to explain why I'm I'm so happy to be a Biden guy. Um, If that's the conclusion of your whole conversation, then that to me is a wasted discussion. The conclusion of your discussion should be black blackness and black people should be the alpha and the omega of your political conversations. It should be the alpha and the omega. It should be. um, I care about black people. I want black people to thrive. I want black children to be educated. I want black wealth to grow. I happen to be a Democrat, but uh, but I, but also but besides that, besides me happening to be a Democrat, these are the things that I want to do to make sure black people are educated, black people build wealth, the black community thrives, right? Black people should be the alpha and the omega. They should be um, the inception of your conversation. They should be the, the conclusion of your conversation. If your conversation ends with well, I, that's why I love Biden and we got to get booties to the polls so that we can all get Biden in there. And, and I saw Kamala Harris on the Ricky Smiley show when she was singing Atomic Dog. And that's why I love her, because she wears her Timberland so well. Um, then that, that really, you, you, it, to be honest with you, you sound a little brainwashed. You, you sound a little backward. You know, you sound like somebody who's not really equipped to be a solution to the community. You might be the part of the problem. You might be part of the problem. Uh, And so let me let me read something to you. I found this. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up. Share. Subscribe. button if you haven't done it yet, I'm going to read a Malcolm X quote to you that Malcolm wrote about uh, about liberals and all this other stuff. Here's what Malcolm said. He said the worst enemy that the Negro has is this white man that runs around here, drooling at the mouth, professing to love Negroes and calling himself a liberal. And it is following these white liberals that has perpetuated problems that Negroes have. See, people want to listen to Malcolm until Malcolm say some shit that don't register with, with brainwashing. When Malcolm says some shit that throws people off, they're like, well, well, I like Malcolm, but you know, I mean, he's, he's wrong. Everybody's wrong about something. Right now. Now listen to this. Here's what else he says. He says, if the Negro wasn't taken, tricked or deceived by the white liberal, then Negroes would get together and solve our own problems. I only cite these things to show you because it sounds like Malcolm had the same issue I had. That's why I said I'm only saying this because that's how I feel every day. I'm like, I'm only saying this because but I'm going to keep saying it like, you know. So he says, I only cite these things to show you that in America, the history of the white liberal has been nothing but a series of trickery designed to make Negroes think that the white liberal was going to solve our problems. Our problems will never be solved by the white man. Now, I want you to just think about this, though. I mean, process this. This man said this in the 1960s. He said this in the 19... I mean, he said this over 50 years ago. Now, I need you to really process this for me real deep and give me a yes or no on this question. Does it disturb you that 50 years later... We're having the same conversation. Like, does it concern you that we have not, we have been so backward? We have been so committed to a lack of progress that we are talking about this 50 years later? I mean, does that bother you? Give me a yes or no in the chat if that bothers you. It really bothers me. It bothers me. And that you still have Negroes running around and why why are you talking crazy? What's wrong with you? This don't make no sense. You a Trump supporter? Uh, boy, boys need to go ahead and just admit that he likes Donald Trump. And uh, and, and Malcolm X, I mean, if you want to critique Ice Cube and his decision to go meet with Trump, well, Malcolm X met with the Ku Klux Klan. He he went and talked to the Ku Klux. That don't mean he trying to join the Klan. That don't mean he wanted to be a Klansman. And so I I really think that what we're dealing with here is the unfortunate reality that all black people are not built alike. Like, I I think we know this, this is very simple, but I think it's, the more I see it, the more I say, my God, I think it's true that everybody ain't gonna fit on the bus, uh, the bus of liberation or whatever we we could wanna call this. Maybe we're being hyper self-righteous by believing that that's the case. But it's like, you really have black people that are stuck on stupid and committed to going backward and are more destructive to the black community than the white man some of those black people are even in this chat. Um, sometimes they pop up on Instagram. They'll say something stupid. Just, I mean, you can please just keep hanging out. Maybe, maybe some of this will seep into your, your, your rock hard brain. I don't know, but, but it's, 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 it's fascinating to me. I mean, I am utterly fascinated. You know what it reminds me of? I'm gonna tell you what it reminds me of. I said it this morning on Twitter. My Twitter is uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins one. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, you know, I'll, I'll put this in, in there so you guys can see it. Um, if you go to Dr. Boris Watkins one, you can see my tweets. I personally think my Twitter is, is lit. I, I love it. But you know, not everybody thinks that, cause you know, I, that's, I just, I, I'm going to challenge your thinking. But on Twitter, I said, I was talking, I was actually thinking about NASA. Don't ask me why I was thinking about NASA. it was random. I said, it's crazy to me that we supposedly went to the moon in 1968. I'm not big on conspiracy theories per se, but I, I believe anything's possible. And uh, I said, it's fascinating to me that we were supposed to have gone to the moon in 1968, but 50 years later, 52 years later, we're still like, we'll get back to the moon. It's just going to take a decade to get there. I'm like, why does it, how is it going to take you years to get back to the moon if you supposedly went to the moon in 1968? I don't understand that. You have more technology in a cell phone than you had in the entire rocket ship. You know, so what, what's going on? So in a way, you know, the fact that black people have made such little political, economic and, and, um, and educational progress in 50 years. It reminds me of the fact that white people, you know, claim to have gone to the moon in 1968, but can't go to the moon in the year 2020. You're supposed to move forward. You're supposed to be moving forward. And so, um, so, so, you know, it, it probably seems like I'm, I'm rambling on different topics, but if you really process this, if you're a thinker, you'll see how the, everything connects. What it connects to is a lack of progress in the community. It connects to the fact that you're not moving forward. It connects to the fact that you're sitting still, and there's a reason that you're sitting still. Like, it's not like, I mean, sure, I mean, it does go back to white supremacy, but a lot of the greatest white supremacists in this country are Black people. You are a white supremacist, most likely. So if you want to talk about, you know, black voter suppression and you want to talk about what's happening in the community and the fact that 50 years later, we're still having the same conversations that Malcolm was trying to have in 1960, uh, 1962, 61, 1959. um, Consider this. If you go back and you start with integration in the civil rights movement, which I think that the more we think about it, the more we realize how much of an epic failure the civil rights movement was. It's. It's not to say that the civil rights movement didn't have good intentions, but it was led by very bad people who were co-opted by white liberals. Uh, maybe they. Maybe they were. You know, I. 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 When I talk to OGS, older people who were there at the time, Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, Judge Joe Brown, and I get that other perspective. I get this sense that there that that there was a very sinister element there. And then what I did was I went back and I studied how the leftists move, how they leftists operate. And 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 they and they they have a set of ideas where they will find whatever sort of discontent you have in your in your society, and they will leverage that to make their move. Black Lives Matter is an extension of that. Black Lives Matter did not uh, get created. Uh, for black people or by black people, Black Lives Matter was being driven and run and funded and everything else by people that had that leftist agenda. That's why if you read and they tell you in plain sight, it's all out there in plain sight. They just, I guess they assume black people don't read. But if you went to read the Black Lives Matter website, first thing they said was that their goal was to dismantle the nuclear family. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with police shootings? What does dismantling the nuclear family have to do with protesting the police? Tell me, tell me, yes or is anybody else confused by that? I mean, let's just start with that. Forget all the other conversation they have about transgender, this and and transphobia, that uh, whatever. Just tell me this. That did not confuse you that they are connecting police shootings to the dismantling of the nuclear family. Like they're saying, we want to help solve the problem of black men being shot by police by making sure they don't have daddies in the house. Well, maybe that's why they're getting shot by the cops. If you ever think about that, maybe the reason that some of our young people end up in unfortunate situations is because they didn't have a daddy in the house because I had a daddy in the house who taught me shit that protected me when I went out into the street. You know, like if, you've ever, if you ever want to see a kid who mouths off to a cop and gets into a bad situation a lot of times it's a kid who grew up thinking he was the man in the house. He's 12 years old, running around holding his nuts like he like he's running the household. So he goes out into the world. And he runs into a police officer. He doesn't know how to deal with authority in some cases, not in all cases, not in every case. We're not condemning anybody that went through that, that struggle. But, you know, I mean, you know, male role models are extremely important, especially for young black boys. Anybody who doesn't understand that, I encourage you to do your research. It's even true amongst animals, even amongst mammals. Mammals need male mentorship. If they, you know, just like your daughter, just like your daughter, you know, I got girls in the house and and a 17-year-old boy and the girls follow their mother around. Anybody else see that? Anybody else do that with their mama? Well, you just follow your mother around, and they copy their mother. They they dress like their mama. They talk like their mama. Their mom is a professor of social work uh, who graduates from the University of Chicago. I saw the 13-year-old sitting at her mama's desk wearing her University of Chicago sweatshirt. Like, And I said, wow, you look like a professor, just like your mama. And I think she wants to be a professor, just like her mama. So, so, Girls follow their mothers around and they learn womanhood from their mama, right? Well, the boys don't. have A lot of them don't have anybody to follow around, and so some of them they follow around their mama just like their sister is, and that's when you get, um, you know, some of this other stuff, right? So th- that's where you get the boy who says, you know, I don't think I want to be a man. I think I- I'm I'm seven years old, and-, and the liberals tell me that I can make my own decision. I don't think I want to be a man. I think I want to wear a person high heels like my mama, and uh, I think I want to go ahead and get that surgery because who would want to be a black man? My God, I've heard my mama talk about my daddy all these years, and apparently, you know, black men are bums. So why would I want to be a bum? I want to be a sexy, hot, smoking ass woman, right? Like, seriously, that's that's part of it. Or you have the other extreme. Where the boy rejects all that. He's like, I don't want to be part of this feminist. So the 17-year-old, for example, he, you know, when uh you know, in, in our house, you know, he there are things when his sister and his mother, when they start watching girly TV shows and all that, you know, me and him will walk out of the room, we'll be like, okay, we'll be back later, right? We we will walk away from that. And a seven and a boy that doesn't have guidance from an older male is gonna just get his guidance wherever he can get it. And that next thing you know, he's imitating some rapper he saw on Spotify. Right. Or he's dressing just like uh, offset from the Migos because he thinks that's manhood. He he has a false impression of manhood because he's never really interacted with a real man. Right. Or maybe his first interaction with manhood could be like his football coach or something like that, which is a good thing. Right. A lot of coaches become surrogate fathers. Raise your hand if you're one of those guys. I see a lot of guys who become the father that these boys never had. So so when Black Lives Matter says. We want to fight police shootings by, dis, by dismembering the nuclear family. First of all, that's not a, a value. That's not a core value where I come from. We believe in building families and keeping families together. We don't believe in dismembering the nuclear family. Um, but also that tells me that they're deliberately solving the problem in the wrong way. They're doing what a lot of liberals do. When they do that, that Jedi mind trick on you, they will create the problem and then present themselves as a solution. So we're gonna set your son up where he ends up becoming a sucker that runs out in the street and gets shot by the cops. And then we're going to go and protest at your son's police shooting uh, and, and remind everybody to continue to dismember and to destroy the nuclear family so that more little black boys will get shot, so that we'll have more things we can protest, which will give us opportunities to go into white into uh, neighborhoods and throw bricks through windows and, and burn down buildings because we ultimately are trying to pursue a leftist agenda. We are not trying to pursue a black agenda here. We are pursuing a leftist agenda. And if you want to be black and get on the leftist agenda, then that's fine. But remember, a a a, a leftist agenda, that happens to be adopted by a Black person is not the same as a Black agenda that other people have to acknowledge, right? So so one of the things that we did this weekend with the All-Black National Convention is we said, let's really put together a Black agenda. Like, what does a Black agenda really look like? What does it really mean when you have Black experts get together and have conversations that, you know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden would never have with us? You know, because, again, Donald Trump, you know, Joe Biden, for sure, doesn't want to deal with intelligent black people. He doesn't want to deal with the black intelligentsia or, or those who really care about black people. He wants to deal with Cardi B. He wants to talk to Cardi B. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. When he interviewed with Charlemagne the God, I talked to Charlemagne before he talked to Biden. And I said, here, I said, if you want to trip him up, ask him about this and this and this and this and this. And this. So when he did that, when he went on the air with, with Joe Biden, Joe Biden's thinking he's going to get a fluffy little dumbass entertainer interview. Well, Charlemagne was strapped. Charlemagne showed up strapped. Charlemagne showed up with questions that that a Boyce Watkins would have asked, and Biden suddenly gets tongue-tied. Right? And and that's why neither Biden nor Obama, Obama too, wanted to talk to Black people who really are concerned about the problem and really know solutions and are really going to measure you against your shit. It's the same reason that you have some. You might have some men out here that, that don't want to date a woman that holds them accountable. They only want to date a woman that's going to let them get away with anything, right? Like, like People don't like to walk toward accountability if they don't have to, right? Or same thing might be true for women. You get women that get told all the time every other day, girl, you perfect, girl, you wonderful just the way you are. Girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. Girl, it's his fault. It's because all these men don't want to step up to the plate and she's all gassed up believing that she's super perfect. And so every single man she's with, it, it's always his fault. There's always something wrong with him right People like that just don't like accountability. So politicians are in that same situation. They want to have a relationship with you as long as they can get the ass for free. As long as you can remain a booty call uh, and don't require any accountability, then, then you're okay right. So black people are the political booty call of the Republicans. That's what or, of the Democrats, sorry the Democrats and then the Republicans come along and they and they they sweet talk black people. Right? They're the sweet talker. They're not in a relationship with you, but they wanna use you because they wanna get back at your boyfriend. So the sweet talker is the guy who really don't love you, but he's gonna figure out what your man ain't saying to you and he's gonna tell you exactly what you want to hear. If your man doesn't, if you complain to him and say, My man don't never bring me flowers, well, he's gonna bring me flowers every day until he gets his until he gets a piece of ass. Right. He's gonna if you say, gosh, she doesn't have he doesn't he doesn't listen to me. Well, he's gonna get you on the phone, he's gonna listen to you for hours, right? He's going to tell you everything you want to hear just to get you to end the relationship, just to get you to go sneak away to, with him to a hotel for a couple of days. And then and then he and then when he's done with you, he'll send you right back and say, well, good luck. I hope you have a good life. Right. He's not really there to replace the the man that's next to you, but he's really just trying to use you so that he can gain leverage against the man that you're with. Right. So the Republicans will use black people because again we're like we're like an insecure person that's looking for love we're like but well, do you love me do you love me nobody loves me right and so they're like baby i love you i like you come on over here girl get get on your knees girl right and and that's what and that and that's kind of what what they do they all use you to get revenge on the other person it's not about you it's about him it's like i want to get revenge on that nigga over there so i'm going i'm going to go have sex with his woman Right. That, that's you know, it happens in real life and maybe seeing it in a real life context will help people understand what's really going on. So but the Republicans and Democrats have different roles in the exploitation and the manipulation of black people. The Democrats are the lazy ass boyfriend who doesn't give a damn about you, who takes you for granted, who literally will punish you for having a conversation with another man. Right. Because he's insecure and he knows he's fucking up. He knows that he ain't done right by you but he doesn't feel like he should have to do right by you. He's got other bitches to take care of, right? He's got he's got four other side chicks. Why well, he ain't got he can't give you all of his time? He got to take care of his side chicks, right? Uh and what what in the Republicans are that guy at work who who hates your boyfriend and they're trying to get revenge by basically sweet talking you out of your draws just long enough for them to get what they want so they can get have some fun and they can get revenge on that other guy. And uh, and so their goal isn't necessarily to get you to come stay with them. At the very least they want to break up your relationship, right? That's how they win, right? So so maybe in that situation, that's that's when what what's the optimal solution there? What do you think that that woman should do if she's in in between a rock and a hard place? She has to choose the lesser of two evils, right? Either choose the man that's ignoring me and mistreating me or choose the man that's going to use me. Just for what he can get out of me and also use me so he can get revenge on my boyfriend. What choice do you think the smart woman would make? I think she will walk away from both of those dudes. Like she'll walk away from both of those guys, right? Because clearly she's not in the driver's seat of her own life. These two men are manipulating her, they're manipulating her vulnerabilities. You exploit people's um, insecurities to manipulate them. That's what they do. So 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 ultimately that's what the Republicans and Democrats are doing. Um do the Republicans love you? No, they don't love you. Uh they're offering you, you know, when they offered the platinum plan, it was for a specific reason. We need to tear down the Democrats. And we need to make sure we win this election. So our, so our goal is to do one of two things, either to get you to come and really vote for us, which would be a double whammy, or to at least get the single whammy, which is to get you to not vote for them. If we get you to break up with them, then we win. If we get you to break up with them and come hang out with me and become one of our bitches, then we get a, then we win twice. We get, we get a double win, right? That's what they're trying to do. Now I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad. I think it's important to at least start by knowing what it is. And then maybe if you are playing that game, right? If you are in a situation where you're dealing with two different sides that are trying to pull you in different directions, you can at least say, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a seller's market, right? Right. I'm going to play maybe, again, if you want to play that game, if you want to play that game, I, I personally think you should walk away from the game. I walk away from the game. I tell the Republicans no. I tell the Democrats no. Right? That's the category I want to be in because I want to, I'm like that person that wants to go work on themselves to figure out why I was I stupid enough to let these people manipulate me in the first place. But you could play that game. You could say, okay, you know what? I've got leverage if I play this right. So uh um, maybe I will go on a date with this guy. I know this you know, like, or I'm, I'm not, not that I would date a guy. I'm using I'm mean, an analogy as if you're talking about a woman. Right. So maybe she says, you know, I will go on a date with him or maybe I will hang out with him. Cause maybe shit, maybe I like sex too. Right. Maybe the, maybe the woman's like, you know what? He's a good looking man. Right. So, so maybe she goes on a few dates with him and she knows that he's going to be sitting over here steaming, pissed, bitch. What I saw you with that motherfucker, but he, and you're like, well, what what are you talking about? Like, you you have you have your women, you you have your side chicks. So what's wrong with me living my life a little bit? Well, what you trying to say? Like, I gave you plenty of warning. I told you how devoted I was to you, right? And, and you never listened. You always said this, this, and this. So I'm exercising my options, just like you, right? Like like like, watch how quick he goes straight. Like watch how quick he straightens up his behavior. Why why will he straighten up his behavior? Pay attention now. Only these intelligent black people are gonna get this people who don't get it or think I'm being like long-winded or whatever, like they, you, please just go. Like you really should go. Your kids probably need you like get them ready for school or some shit. Like, But, but, but here, here's what I, I got to finish this up because this is a perfect analogy. Right. So in this situation, you can either be empowered or you can be used. Right. Um, if you're empowered, you, you, you can look at it as and, and understand that if, if if this guy over here that takes you for granted, Is suddenly pissed, then the, why is he pissed? He's pissed because he realizes there's competition. He thought he had a monopoly. Now you're telling him he does not have a monopoly. That is, that is some kick ass shit. That is kick ass shit. And, and, and his behavior will adjust because, because I I know at least with men, men are fucking competitive and women are competitive too. Seriously, like if I could go back to college, I remember getting played by it. So it doesn't just go in the direction of men, believe me. You can set if, if a woman's playing you, disrespecting you or whatever, you set her ass straight real fast. If she suddenly realizes how many other girls like you. Right? Seriously. Like like really, if you ever want to gain leverage in a negotiation, allow for a little competition. That's what it is. Allow for a little competition and you will instantly take the upper hand. It doesn't mean you want to hurt people or exploit people. This is only a tactic you should use when you're in a scenario where somebody is blatantly disrespecting you. But I talk to my girls about this all the time. We talk about options. See, I talk about options in in the black business school. We always talk about things like stock options. I explain what stock options are. But all stock options are is a financial version of options. Everybody knows what it means to have options. Everybody knows what it means to not have options. And one thing about options is that when you have more options, you have more wealth. What, well, what does that mean? That means you also have more power. Wealth isn't just money. Wealth is anything that's valuable. So wh- when I talk to my girls about dating and boys and dealing with trifling ass men, I just tell them, you know, if you ever run into a tough situation, just never forget to weigh your options. Never forget to keep to maybe try to keep options or or if you, if you don't trust the situation, just never give your loyalty away. Cheap or free. Never become loyal to someone who's not loyal to you never become loyal to a thing that isn't secure for you because when you give up loyalty you engage in what we call in finance we call this the moral hazard problem moral hazard is when you give power to someone who then uses that power to harm you right so so an example of moral hazard is is a woman that falls in love with a man who ain't in love with her she's given him a lot of power you've given him access to your body you given him maybe access to controlling your life your bank account, he, he can access your emotions, he can he knows your secrets, your vulnerabilities. And, and this man ain't showed you no piece of loyalty whatsoever. So you you've engaged in what we in finance refer to as the moral hazard problem. This is a real concept. They've written thousands of research papers on this. They usually talk about it with banks and corporations, but y'all know me. I like to think about life. So so the moral hazard problem is is, is basically a flawed negotiation tactic. That is the tactic that former slaves, meaning black people, have fallen into when it comes to politics. You've never learned how to weigh your options because weighing your options requires a degree of strategic thinking. It requires um, a little bit of courage, right? It requires um, some self-esteem. Uh, if you don't have a think about this, a woman or a man that doesn't have self-esteem, who doesn't know that they're the shit, isn't going to really test the waters like that. They're not really going to weigh their options. They're not really going to say, you know. Um, there's plenty of people out here that want me because they don't even believe anybody wants them, right? So black people are constantly told if by the Democrats, if, if we don't want you, bitch, then nobody will. And we were like, yeah, you're right. Ain't nobody going to want us, right? And, and, and we sit there and we give our false loyalty or we give our loyalty to someone who is not equally loyal to us. We're literally a community. Again, and I think this fits because we are a feminized, fatherless community. We are a bunch of weak ass, punk ass bitches as a community. And we literally sit there and give our undying love and affection to it's like we, we are like a woman giving our undying love and affection to a man that is paying rent for 47 side chicks and ain't never got no rent money for you. That literally explains black people in politics to a T. They will serve and take care of every fucking body they can. And then when they get around to you, you like I'm the most loyal boss. What's the what do I get? And like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tyrone. We don't have nothing left for you, right? <laughs> right, because you're a sucker, Tyrone. You stupid. You know, we we think you're stupid. Anyway, let me keep going. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up button. Um, so let me read that Malcolm X quote one more time. That's where we can close out on and talk and and kind of kind of kind of drill this point home on this. I know I talked for a little while on this. I just had to. I did. It was all my spirit. I follow my spirit. Um, and by the way, I do have actually. If you want to listen to my podcast in your car. Um, I have a Spotify podcast. It's the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. There's the URL, um, the Dr. dot com if you want to find it that way. Um, so so the Malcolm X quote, let's read this. This is his quote about liberals. This is what he said over 50 years ago. He said the worst enemy that the Negro has is this white man that runs around here, drooling at the mouth, professing to love Negroes and calling himself a liberal. And it is following these white liberals that has perpetuated problems that Negroes have. If the Negro wasn't taken, tricked, or deceived by the white liberal, then Negroes would get together and solve our own problems. I only cite these things to show you that in America, the history of the white liberal has been nothing but a series of trickery designed to make Negroes think that the white liberal was going to solve our problems. Our problems will never be solved by the white man. And uh, so give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Um, In 50 years of, of supporting the same people over and over and over again, thousands of black elected officials, most of them pretty much white liberals and blackface, have our problems been solved? The problems we had in the 60s, um, maybe educational issues, maybe economic issues, uh, maybe our communities weren't where we wanted them to be. Have these problems been solved, yes or no, in 50 years? Uh, And and, and I ask you this question. It's a simple question because we know it has a simple answer. Um, The answer is no. So uh, here's what you got to do. Ask yourself this. The same way we 50 years later, I think Malcolm will be extremely sad and disappointed that 50 years later that I got to go explain to 100000 black people that what we're doing is, is not working, that we have to do something different. We have to do something more in the year 2070, 50 years from now. Do you want to have the same problems that you're having right now? Do you want your grandchildren, great grandchildren? To be having the same conversations in the year 2070 that we're having in the year 2020. Um, if, if the answer is no, <clears throat> then then you got to do something different. You got to open your mind. And, and I'm not even telling you not like not to vote for Biden. I, I know maybe your your opinion is 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 set in a certain way. I I, I you know do what you want to do. But you know when you get caught up in this nonsense like we're going to beat up Ice Cube because he's not as loyal to Joe Biden as we are. That is the craziest nonsense I've ever seen in my life. That is utterly sick and ridiculous. And it's about the most racist form of voter suppression that I've ever seen in my life. It is absolutely um, insane. And you might as well call yourself a Klansman. And, and then this other piece where, where they're basically offering or claiming to protect you. And, uh, and 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 they're like, well, what are you protecting me from? We're, we're going to protect you from COVID and the Proud Boys. Okay, not to say the COVID and the Proud Boys are not real, but again, if you if you, you can't show me, t- uh, you know, I, I, if I, I I would just ask you, well, how many tens of thousands of black people did the Proud Boys murder last month? If the Proud Boys go out and start slaughtering black people, then I'll see the Proud Boys as our number one threat. I know a lot of black people who've been killed. Not one of them has been killed by a Proud Boy or a Klansman or any of these other boogeymen that you're, you're, you're boosting up. You're giving more marketing, more free marketing to the Proud Boys than they could ever buy in a million years. So you're marketing the Proud Boys to us as the scariest thing in the world when I never once, I don't know one single person. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Does anybody know a black person who was killed by a Proud Boy? Anybody? Not to say that not to say that there aren't white supremacists and all that. We know that these chat groups are out there, but most of them are little digital chatty patties. They get on, they go they want to go in the little Facebook room and say a bunch of racist shit. And it doesn't bother me because I, I get with my black friends and and we say a lot of shit about white people, right? So so I don't really care what you say. It's what you do that actually matters. And also, don't tell me about a pending threat when you have a thousand real threats that have actually been executed that exist in our society. Don't tell me about all the black people that you think might die from COVID when we've had a million black people that have died as a result of the mass incarceration epidemic, like hundreds of thousands or millions of black babies that get aborted on a regular basis. Maybe that should be seen as a bigger threat. More, more black children, more black people get killed from just abortion. I'm not even a pro-life guy, but any idiot can see this. More black children die from things like abortion than from COVID. And so, if you're gonna, if you expect me to be sad because you know a, a few thousand people die from COVID, but not be sad when a million babies die from you know get aborted, I can't do that. I can't be that stupid for you. I can't reduce my intelligence to the point where you can show me this and then expect me to get mad about that, but not pay attention to this. If I'm going to pay attention to this, I'm going to pay attention to that. Right. And that, in the black first philosophy, um, the hashtag B one, what that kind of means is that you have the freedom to do that, that you have the freedom to say, you know, black lives do matter, but all black lives matter. That means I'm not just going to be concerned about black death when it's a police shooting, just because white people are talking about it on CNN, I'm going to be concerned when black people are dying in the hood. When when I watch Dr. Boyce and he talks about, you know, three dozen people were shot in Chicago this weekend. I'm going to be concerned about that, too. I see that also as a pending threat. You see. And so at the end of the day, what I'm asking you to do is to make yourself the president of the United States. right? I'm asking you to make yourself the president of your community. Barack Obama wasn't going to do it for you. He made it clear. Barack Obama said, I'm not the president of all people or, or the president of black people. I can't be the president of black people. I'm the president of all people. Well, maybe you need to be the president of black people. Maybe us as a collective should be the president of our community. If, if, if they're not going to be responsible for black people, then maybe we should be responsible for black people. And us being responsible for black people means that we must conduct ourselves and engage in activities that are in the interest of black people. Right. And, 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 and only give our extra time, our spare time to things that are in the interests of white people or Asian people or Jewish people or anybody else. So so that that's that's my two cents on the topic. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, also I want um, whenever somebody says something like if you say something uh, that they don't like about Biden or whatever and they say, oh, you, you must be a Trump supporter. Um, just come back at them and say, well, what if I was what if I was it's my right to do that? And why are you restricting black freedom? There are some black people who are more anti-freedom than the most racist white person that you will ever meet. They are very much anti-freedom. So anybody who tells Ice Cube, Negro, you can't talk to nobody but Joe Biden. Like they they cheer if he's talking to Biden, but they, they get pissed because he's over talking to Trump. That, that is not a person that believes in black freedom. That's a person who wants slavery. That person is more racist, more dangerous than the Klansman because racism works better When you put it in blackface, when when the, when the oppressor shows up and it's the overseer and not the master, Joe Biden is the master. He ain't going to deal with black folks because he don't want to stoop to that level in his mind. But what they do is they send the little Negro overseers who will run around and will punish you worse than massa will punish you. So I encourage you don't fall for that nonsense. Like seriously, just tell them your, your words have no power here. You can try to shame me if you want to. But I am a, I want to be a liberator. I want to be a free black man. I want to be a free black woman. And that's where I am. Uh, what, what you're hearing from me is a, a black man who is determined to be free. I am not interested in any of your stupid tricks because I know that your bullshit don't work. I know that this voting in in every election for the same people has not worked. You cannot convince me any different because you don't have the data to support that. The only thing you have to support that are your feelings, which are based on your commitment to white supremacy. Um, I don't believe I'm not a white supremacist, so I'm not going to follow along with that path. So you go get your booty to the polls. You go do what you're supposed to do, do whatever you're supposed to do. And uh, and then when you get done, when you get back, if you want to come and build with black people, then we, we we might welcome you as long as you come and correct. But if you come in there with this other stuff where you're spending more time worrying about what they're doing, than spending than, than thinking about what we're doing, then there's no place in, in the future for you because you're basically one of those black people that's going to have us complaining about the same stuff in 50 years that we're complaining about right now. That's what happened with the civil rights movement. That's why it was an epic failure. That's why we have not become the people that we're meant to be. So some of you are going to succeed because you're thinking outside the box. Some of you will never succeed because you're committed to the box and building a bigger box and keeping more black people in it. So anyway, I'm going to go, guys. I got to get out of here. Um, Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. And also uh, to help black businesses to to really focus on those solutions that we talk about. Every Monday night at 8 o'clock, we feature black owned businesses on our show called Life's a Pitch. Uh, it's a pitch competition for black businesses where black businesses submit 90 second pitches and uh, we critique the pitches right then and help them get better. And the audience also critiques. So the audience comes in and provides their uh, responses to what they see. And in addition to that. Um, the audience also, um, they're encouraged to go support the business or to at least give them uh, feedback so that they can uh, do better next time. And then also, they share the link for the company's business so that they can actually get more customers. So we're building black-owned businesses. Uh, the the show takes place at eight o'clock Eastern time on Monday on financialjuntentv.com. So go to financialjuntentv.com right now and subscribe, and you'll get a notification. Also, you can text the word "voice" to three one nine nine six. And I'll text you uh, when we go live and stuff like that as a backup. So anyway, guys, take care. It was fun. Um, I enjoyed talking to you. And uh, I think I'm going to go do something else for a little while to decompress. So have a good morning, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.